So we're going traditional uh, this year, and each one of the messages corresponds to the, to the traditional uh, theme of one of the Advent uh, candles. Last week, we talked about hope. This week, we're talking about peace. You know, the Bible says Jesus is our peace. He calls him in the Old Testament the Prince of Peace. And, and so I just did a little Bible study, and we're going to do that today, to say, what are the ways, uh, and not all the ways, but what are some of the main ways the Bible talks about peace, particularly in the New Testament? And when we, we live in a world that desperately needs peace, amen? I mean, how many times do you read the news or watch the news and you just feel that angst in your gut, right? I mean, it's just like, man, there's just division and murder and strife and all this stuff. Um, and, and we, as followers of Jesus, have something to offer. And we're going to talk about that today. The Bible calls that peace. It, the, you're going to look a little bit at these prepositions. Uh, the first one is peace with God. Okay, this is really important. Say that with me. Peace with God. Uh, this is one of the main concepts when we think of our salvation. Romans 5, 1 to 2 says this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. I love that he's got all these themes in that. And so when you and I, um, in the Bible says basically when we don't have a relationship with Christ, it talks about us being in darkness and not in light. It talks about our hearts are, are sort of uh, at enmity with God. And why is that is because we are living in a position where we say we don't need a savior. We're doing good on our own. We can lead our life. I, I remember uh, years ago when we were missionaries to the Netherlands, our daughter was sick, and, and uh, we'd made a friend uh, with someone around the corner, and, and uh, we, we asked her to pray, and she's like, well, I don't pray, but I will direct my energies for you. And I thought, ooh, thank you. Thank you for your energy. And, uh, and I realized when that statement was made, I'm, I said, man, I'm li we're, we're living in a very post-Christian world. That that country had experienced a, a vibrant Christian faith early on, but it had been probably three or four generations that m had many had left the church. And so... Um, when we need to realize over and over that what happens when we come to faith in Christ is there is a justification, there is a declaration that's made over us that where God says, forgiven. Where God says, I see you righteous. God calls us holy, set apart. That's the idea of being justified through faith. And, and so what does that mean for us? That means a few things. That means that I don't have to prove I'm worthy of God's love. Do you know that? Because most of the time, we go around trying to earn the love of God, don't we? You know, and, and it's, it's really deep in our souls. I mean, when, when we did well, maybe in school, your mom might have put your, your homework on the, 
on the refrigerator. You know, good job. You did a good job. But when we get peace with God, we don't have to prove we're worthy of God's love. Why? Because God is now my friend. We have the door of access permanently open to him. It's not like he's like, oh, you've been bad. I'm going to shut the door, okay? I'm going to shut the door, and you can't come in. When, when we confess our sins, like I led you in a, a, a little confession before communion, that's not because you ha don't have access to God. That's because we have access to God. And that's because we start a relationship with Jesus, and when we start that relationship, something happens. Do you know that those of you who have had a girlfriend or a boyfriend or been married or even sometimes just regular friends, there are times where you have misunderstandings, right? I remember the guy who turned the church over to in Portugal. He was from South Africa. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, we, me and my best friend, we got into a major fight, and after that, we were friends. I mean, they literally got into a fist fight, you know, and they punched each other and beat each other up, and then, and then oh, now we're friends. I'm like, oh, that, that was an interesting pathway to friendship. Um, and it's not like that with God. When we confess our sins, it's, it's just because we have, it's acknowledging in that relationship that we did something that offended the other person. And if you've been in any relationship for a long time, you know acknowledging the things you've done wrong is the bridge to reconciling that relationship. It's not that you're not in a relationship. It's just acknowledging your fault. So we have permanent access to him. I'm free from the score sheet. The account is settled in Jesus. And again, I said that earlier. We always feel like in our souls there's something so deep that we are just like, I just got to work for it. If, if you ask people about their view of heaven, they're like, yeah, I hope I can get I think I've been good enough. And the fact that we think that way is that we are keeping some kind of record. And we're not acknowledging that salvation is a free gift that just has to be received. And Jesus has settled it. And it means I can spend more time praising God and less time hating myself. How do you like that one? More time. Why don't we read that one? Because some of us need to hear that. I spend more time praising God and less time hating myself. So many times we beat ourselves up, don't we, for the things that we've, we've done wrong? I mean, we, you know, I've, told, I've, I've heard people say, well, God forgives me, but I don't know if I can ever forgive myself. I'm like, wait a second. No, God's, like, if God forgives you, okay, if you can't forgive yourself and you think God forgives you, Guess who's your God? You. Because you put yourself higher than God. If the creator of the whole world forgives you, you're forgiven. Okay? You are forgiven. I remember years ago when we were, I was pastoring in, in Portugal, there was a, there was a guy, he was, he was from South Africa, and his son was in our churches. These were, this, they were very rough people, let's just say that. I mean, the, the son was... Yeah, this, how do I say it? So I, I meet this guy, and he had, he had contracted uh, AIDS from a Mozambican prostitute. And um, he started coming to our church, so he moved from Mozambique to, to Portugal. He started coming to our church, and his son started coming to our church. And his son was a grown adult, and, and, um, and he gave his life to Jesus. And he said he wanted to be baptized. 
And so I remember we would, we would baptize like in a, a, a little tank that you would uh, put like in your yard, like a little fish tank thing, you know, we'd fill it up with water, get down there and get on your knees. And usually in these tanks, it's like the head would go down, the knees would have to come up, you know, so you've got covered, but you, not all at once. And, and I remember this guy, he experienced the amazing forgiveness of God. And he said to me, he said, he came back to me later, he said, I was warmed inside my being for three days. I felt the warmth of God. And, and I, I just was like, oh, Jesus, you love this man so much. He is so broken and so hurt, but you have forgiven him, and you have given him a tangible experience of that forgiveness. Just like on the road to Emmaus, maybe you remember that story where it says, when he, Jesus broke bread, our hearts were strangely warm. This guy felt the warmth of God for three days. Let me tell you, he, he wasn't beating himself up. He, he started praising God and worshiping God, and his life was turned around. So this is a quote by F.F. Uh, F. Bruce, and I'll finish the point. The former rebels are not merely forgiven by having their due punishment remitted. They are brought into a place of high favor with God, this grace in which we stand. That's from a New Testament Greek scholar talking about salvation and what we get. Isn't that amazing? So we have peace with God, but the peace doesn't just stand there. We have peace that is from God for us. And this is, this is the part where, where the Bible talks about, okay, one is, a, is about our relationship with God. This is about our souls, all right? And this is something that is not just um, automatic. There's a, there's a my part and a God part to this, all right? Do you know that? He said it with me, my part, my part, Come on. My part, God's part. You're going to see both of these. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I, we live in a time where everybody talks about their personal anxiety, right? Oh, I, I, people say, I can't do that. I'm too anxious, okay? And everybody is almost as if like, well, anxiety is going to rule my life. The cool thing about this passage is it acknowledges that we have anxiety. And it gives us some things to do. It says you can pray and you can petition. Petition is a type of prayer. And then couple it with thanksgiving. You give those requests to God. And in giving those... He gives you something back. That's why First uh, Peter, again, this is Peter who walked with Jesus. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. There was a guy, he was the former uh, national director for the vineyard, and he would be, I've heard him multiple times talking to a group of pastors. And he would say, hey, pastors, your shoulders are not big enough to carry the weight of the people that you shepherd. He says, you have to give it to God. He has the shoulders that can carry the weight. Does that make sense? That's why Peter, who walked with Jesus, gave leadership to the early church, said, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Do you see that part? Our part is to give it. God's part, he gives us his peace. 
The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And so, again, we have our part. God is willing to give us his spirit. We can listen to the Holy Spirit. When we listen to the Holy Spirit, it brings us peace. It brings us shalom. That's the Hebrew word for peace, but it has a bigger meaning, wholeness. But if you, your mind is governed by the flesh, when that is what uh, the NIV will translate our sin nature, that leads us astray. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Parents, you cannot outparent the sin nature. That every one of us has inherited what the Bible calls a sin nature, and if we follow that, do you know what it brings? Destruction. You think it's the right way, and then you begin to follow that nature, and you see that it's hurting you and hurting your relationships around you. One way is uh, you could call it as a form of selfishness, right? Selfishness is at its core part of our sin nature. And if you live a life all for you, you're going to alienate those around you, and it's, you're not going to benefit from the gifts that God has for you because you made your life all about you. Just want to see how long that quiet lasts. Years ago, I was, I was uh, 19 years old, and I was a camp counselor at a camp called Camp Cheerful. It's down in the valley between uh, Strongsville and North Royalton. When it's, I'm not sure who, what city it's actually in. I think it's Strongsville. And it's a camp back then that you, as a young person, you could go and, and work at, and you spent your summer serving handicapped populations. Some of them were little, some were adult, uh, and it was, it was a lot of fun. And one of the things I discovered as a young man is that when I gave to others, God gave me joy. I got peace. It, it was, I was tired. It was a very tiring work because you'd have to get up at night and take care of people that were handicapped. But I discovered this whole thing that when I it didn't make my life about me and I made it about helping others, there was something that God gave back to me and he would give me his peace. And here's the, la here's the last scripture. It says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called, and in one body, and be thankful. You know that idea of let the peace of Christ rule, the idea is that we have a little internal governor. And so one way you can figure out if the things you're doing are bringing peace is how you feel after you've done an action. Sometimes you said something to someone and all of a sudden something goes off in your soul and you're like, hmm. You ever have that? That little conviction, that little like, that just wasn't right. And that, and that, it didn't bring you peace. That's about letting the peace of Christ rule. When you let the peace of Christ rule, you believe it's allowing Christ and his peace to be a governor in your life. And, and, and you can let it rule as it's like, okay, I did that action. That action has led to less peace in my life. Okay, I need to, I need to move away from that action. There was an old-time uh, saint, St. Ignatius, in the church, and he got ill, and he, he was convalescing. And he loved reading. Um, he was a, a very worldly guy. He was a warrior. He was a womanizer. And he loved reading sort of tales of, of knights and these kinds of sort of uh, writings. And as he was convalescing, he would, he would read some of these sort of um, secular works of heroes and things like that. And then he would read the scriptures. And he discovered that when he read the scriptures, he found peace. Peace. 
His soul felt rested. And then when he read the other things, again, this is pre-internet, pre-TV, the only thing they had was reading and looking at nature, okay? Or maybe a play, but when you're sick, you couldn't go see a play. So he found out that when he turned his soul towards Jesus, he discovered peace. And so I want you to do me a little, wouldn't you do a little action, okay? Okay, I'm going to lead you. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. I want you to picture a situation in your life that's causing you anxiety. Something that you've been worrying about, something. Do you see that yet? Do you feel it? Maybe you feel it even in your gut. Now, I want you to picture yourself just handing that, whatever that is, that situation, that relationship, that fear, that worry, handing that to Jesus. Just give it to him. If you can see Jesus, it's really simple. And hear him speak these words, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. My peace I give you. Are you giving it to him? Are you able to let it go? Can you, can you actually picture him holding it in his hands? So what I just led you in is that scripture that says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Do you see that? We just, we just lived out a scripture where you got to pray, and in that prayer, you got to give your worry, your concern, your fear to Jesus. And, I, and, I, and if you do that, you, you can truly then experience peace because you know he's got it in his hands. And that's an activity, church, that's a gift from God for you. It's something that's a regular part of your spiritual life. You will have pressures, you'll have concerns, you'll have worries, you'll have fears, and, we, and then you pause and you literally, in prayer, give them to the Savior. You cast them on him and realize that he cares for you. That's a nice little phone ring, by the way. Okay, let's go to the next one. Uh, he offers us peace with others. And this, this is an interesting passage because this deals with the uh, relationship between that Jews had with non-Jews because Jews were not allowed to eat with non-Jewish people. They saw them as unclean. And so when in Christ, the Apostle Paul says something radical has happened, that he is forming a new community together and, and there's been a breakdown of the separation and it says this for he himself is our peace he has made both one he has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from two thus making peace and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, therefore putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. 
So, what does that mean for us? That means that God in Christ brought reconciliation to two parties, Jews and non-Jews. And he said he's broken down that wall of separation. And I believe that's also a picture of what he can do for us in broken relationships. We can say, Jesus, I need you to break down this wall of separation, not by my strength, but through the blood of Christ. Because I can't. There are relationships that we have where we say, I can't reconcile this. I've done my part. There's another passage that says this, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live at peace or live peaceably with all. I've done my part. I've tried to make amends. There's nothing more I can do. Jesus, you have to reconcile this. You've got to break down that division by the power of your cross through the blood of Christ because Christ is in, in the business of healing broken relationships. First, us and God, okay? Because if you, have, if you break that vertical relationship where he, you allow him to heal you, you allow him to work in your life, you've come into a relationship with him, then he begins the horizontal, and he begins this kind of relationship mending. You can do it in your marriage, you can do it in your friendships, uh, in your family, because this is the business he's in. First to God, and then to others. Okay? You're about ready to be done? All right, here we go. Peace for others. This is the fun one, okay? I, I love this. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And Jesus said to you, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Uh, one of the things about when you and I become into a relationship with God he gives us his peace. But it's not peace that we're supposed to hang on to. It's peace we're supposed to give away to others. And over and over, there there's just seems to be this war on our spirituality that, that says, no, my faith is my personal faith. I'm, I, I'm not supposed to talk to anybody else about it. You know, we, so we have this division between the sacred and the secular. And we're like, no, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm good but I, I don't talk to anybody about my faith. And that's not who he's called us to be. I'm not saying you, you should be a Bible thumper. I'm saying that, that you, you know what I mean by that. I'm saying that you need to be open when you're in relationships with people or you meet people that need to be pointed to Jesus. Yeah, and there, you ever have those moments that you in your life that you um, just regret that you didn't do something so years ago there was a there was a guy we were living uh, in portugal and there was a guy who was the on the board of our uh, mission organization and i think he was in portugal travel and he says you're not going to go to this fundraiser and they were running and doing a i think a fundraiser at the ronald reagan memorial or something like that or library or one of these places in california and he's like i want to pay for you and your wife to go to this fundraiser that's in the States for the, the mission you're working with. The guy was, was very wealthy. I'm like, well, okay, you know, you could fly me to California and I'll, I'll attend it. And, and, um, and I remember when we got off the plane, uh, and I don't, I don't know, I don't think we flew into LAX, I think we flew into, it was John Wayne International Airport. And there before uh, me, just, I don't know, 30 feet away was, was uh, Fair Fawcett and Ryan O'Neill. And during this time, she had been uh, diagnosed with cancer. And he had his arm around her, and they were sitting off to the side. And uh, he, was, he was just trying to comfort her. 
and, and something inside me said, hey, go and offer prayer. And because they were, they were you know, TV stars, movie stars, I felt like, no, it's not going to be received. But inside, the Spirit of God was going, just go offer prayer. And, and I didn't do it. And I've always regretted it. All, all they could have said to me is, no, no thanks. But it's one of those moments where it's like, I should have said yes. I should have said yes. I just had to walk 20 to 30 feet over to them and ask them if they wanted prayer. Friends, we're, we're called to be people of peace. And sometimes that just means you see somebody and you just say, hey, can I pray for you? We do a wonderful teaching on the Vineyard Five-Step Prayer Model, and you'll, if you stick around with us, you'll, you'll learn that one. And we need to continue to be people who are peacemakers and to be people who bring peace. I've tried to learn from my mistakes, and when I feel that prompting, I've tried to get past that little fear barrier and just, hey, do you mind if I pray for you? That's simple. Anyone can do it. You guys ready to be peacemakers? We're going to do a ministry time in just a minute. Anna, you can come up. And, and um, I really felt like there today, thinking about this Sunday, that there are people here that have uh, broken relationships and they need to come forward and get some prayer. And if you're on our prayer team, please come forward because uh, we need people to pray. And uh, others have just experienced just terrible anxiety in their life. And, you know, maybe today you could have a breakthrough and you could come forward and, and uh, get some prayer. If there's some area of your life where you're not experiencing the peace of God, the very shalom of God, I encourage you to get some prayer. Can more of the prayer team come forward? It's good. It's only two. Ed or Deborah, could you Deborah, could you come forward too today and help with prayer? Is there any more of our elders? Scott, if Scott's here, you can come and pray. I really feel like God wants to give some breakthroughs in the area of peace. So let me just say, Lord, we just want to be people of peace. We, want, we thank you that you give us peace with you so we don't have to keep a record. We don't have to keep trying to earn it, that this is just a, a forgiven state that you've given us, that we, we live in the state of being children of God in your family, loved and beloved by you, which causes our souls to rest. And then all of us live in a world where we have to face various insecurities and fears and anxieties. And, and you've given us for thousands of years the gift of prayer and turning things over to you and, and over and over. And I, I just pray for greater breakthrough in the lives of your people. And for those that are experiencing broken relationships that need your peace, Lord, I, I pray today you'd meet us, meet us as we, this ministry time. Just ask for breakthroughs. And then breakthroughs personally for those that, are, that uh, are fearful of being a person of peace or talking about their relationship with you to others or offering prayer, God. Just praying for greater breakthroughs for this community.
We say, come Holy Spirit now. Lead us, lead us in a time of ministry. Come Holy Spirit.